Hey, Geary. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Money Talks Hockey. My name is Matt Lauren. I'm your host. The NHL season is well underway. A lot of games, a lot of intensity, and it's just really fun to watch right now. I have been really enjoying watching hockey. It's been uh, something that I've been able to do a lot more of, given that I am in isolation and will still be in it for another couple of days now. I think that it's just a treat for all the fans out there. And I mean, while we all wish we could go to games, watching them on TV is better than nothing, right? So let's just get right into it. First up, let's continue with the Keith Yandel saga. On Sunday, played well. In the second game, he ended up getting two assists, both shots from the point on the power play, deflected by Patrick Hornquist. And he's looked pretty good so far. He has three points in two games, and he's definitely increasing his trade value if... That's what it's going to end up being. Another funny story from Monday. The Blue Jackets were visiting the Detroit Red Wings. And Zach Wierenski on the Blue Jackets, he is from Michigan. And he asked his buddy Dylan Larkin if Larkin could buy Wierenski's parents tickets because... Players aren't allowed to buy uh, tickets for family and friends when they're on the road because of COVID. So Larkin did so. And with about a minute left in the game, Wierenski and Larkin fought. I don't even remember what started it, but they must have had a good laugh about it afterwards. Like, they've been good friends their whole lives. I mean, yeah, like, it's just best friends fighting about stuff when like the intensity and stuff. So yeah, but let's talk about Bobby Ryan. A year ago, he was in rehab for alcoholism. He ended up coming back a couple weeks before COVID hit and scored a hat trick in his first game back. He ended up getting bought out by the Ottawa Senators during the off season and signing with the Detroit Red Wings, where he is getting a larger role getting power play time and is a top six forward. And he has made the most out of it. He has four goals in his first three games there. And it must be so good for a guy like him, knowing what he's been going through to be playing at that high level and producing. And I'm just really happy for him. It's just all pretty emotional. I'm I can't even imagine, but yeah, that's that's about it from the Red Wings front. The Blue Jackets though, they have a bit of a saga going on regarding Pierre-Luc Dubois. He signed a 2-year $10 million contract this offseason, but has requested a trade. And on Monday against the Red Wings, he got benched for the second period. And John Tortorella, the coach of the Blue Jackets, said, you'll know when I bench a pl- uh, told the media after... Torts told the media after the game 
you'll know when I benched a player when he was asked about benching Dubois. And then last night against the Lightning in Columbus, Dubois played five shifts, got three minutes and 55 seconds of ice time, and then got benched for the rest of the game after the first period. Torts went out last night and claimed it's because of uh, quote-unquote erosion of play over the first five games. Like, he hasn't been putting a lot of effort, and Torts is just trying to teach him a lesson. And it's tough love. That's what Torts has always been about. And it's just, I don't know. I wonder how long Dubois has left in a Jackets uniform. A whole bunch of teams have inquired about him. The Anaheim Ducks, the Minnesota Wild, the Montreal Canadiens, the Winnipeg Jets, the Calgary Flames, Ottawa Senators, New York Rangers, Buffalo Sabres, Philadelphia Flyers, Detroit Red Wings, Washington Capitals, and the Arizona Coyotes have all inquired about him. And there's definitely a huge rift between Dubois and Torts and Yarmo Kekalainen. I also wonder what he's going to get back. Like I know Kekalainen has always been like, we're going to wait and get what he's worth. And at least in my opinion, he's worth a roster player, a couple prospects and two or three high picks as well. He's still only 22. He still has a lot of years left ahead of him and he's just entering his prime. Like Columbus is going to want a huge return for him. Speaking of trades, we had a trade Tuesday night. The Colorado Avalanche traded defenseman Ian Cole to the Minnesota Wild for Greg Patteron. Ian Cole is a shutdown defenseman who is in the final year of a three-year, $12.75 million contract. He put up four goals and 22 assists in 65 games last year. And he's solid, but the Avs needed to clear cap room. They retained $800,000 in the trade. And Greg Patteron is also a defenseman. Don't know much about him. From what I have heard, he's not very good. Also more defensive-minded. Put up three assists in 20 games last year for the Wild. And actually had two assists in three games this year, which is pretty solid. But he's also, in the last year of his contract, he is on a three-year $6.75 million contract. So the Avs saved $1.2 million of cap room by making this trade. And... Honestly, I would not be shocked if Greg Patteron ends up going on waivers and getting sent down to the taxi squad just because of how deep the Avs blue line is. On the right side, they have Eric Johnson, Connor Timmins, Kale McCarr, and now Patteron. 
And on the left side, they have Sam Gerrard, Devontae's Ryan Graves, and now they just called up Bowen Byram. Byram made his debut last night against the Kings. The Kings won 4-2. I honestly did not watch any of the game, so I can't tell you how Byram looked. But he looked amazing in the World Juniors, and him and Makar should anchor this blue line for a very long time. They're, they is still all really young. Gerard's 22, Graves is 25, Taze is 26, Makar's 22, Byram's 19, Connor Timmins is 22. They're young and deep and should be a contender for a long time to come. Like I said, Joe Sackett keeps pushing all the right buttons in the league, and in my mind, he's the best GM in the league, and it's not even close. Speaking of the avalanche, Nathan McKinnon yesterday, he had an absolutely disgusting play where he just skated around a couple guys, ended up getting the shot on quick. He stopped it, and Rantanen picked up the rebound to make it one nothing. He also ended up scoring a power play goal, and it was his 500th career NHL point. So congrats to him. Big milestone. Man, McKinnon, he just is creating a lot of highlights. He's driving the team. He's plain and simple, one of the best players in the NHL. It's him, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, and still only 25. Still has... He's just entering his prime a few years ago now. But... He's so good, and it's such a treat to watch him. So, moving on to the East Division. On Monday night, the Buffalo Sabres absolutely put a spanking on the Flyer 6-1. to Taylor Hall's looked good so far. He has a goal and five assists for six points in his first five games. He definitely adds a nice element to that offense playing with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt on the top line. He's also very good on the power play. The team looks solid, even though they are still only 1-3. and three. And they're historically a first-half team. But, again, the teams that they've been playing, Philly and Washington, are also insanely good. They kick off a two-game series were fined $100,000 for interactions involving close contact and no masks. On Tuesday night, Ilya Samsonov tested positive for COVID, and the league and the team did contact tracing, and they discovered that Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Dmitry Orlov were all in Samsonov's hotel room in Pittsburgh without masks on. I wonder what they were doing. Probably getting some Russian gas, you know? I always wonder what's in that stuff, but hey, if it makes you better, you got to take it, especially if it's legal. Ovi, Kuzi, and Orlov will miss the next four games, and Samsonov will have to miss the next 10 days as well. And yesterday, Alex Ovechkin's wife went off at 
the NHL about the COVID situation. She put a statement out on her Instagram story and she wrote, of course, only Russian players of the Washington Capitals were together in the same hotel room. Of course, all of the other NHL players, when playing away, separating themselves from their teammates. Of course, you can't catch the virus when you and your teammates sit together on the bench, hug each other when they score a goal, or when they are all together in the lounger locker room. Of course, players can't get infected when they are at restaurants, supermarkets, malls, etc. The virus only works in the hotel room. The person who came up with this rule, obviously it's very logical. And by the way, both Alex Ovechkin and Dmitry Orlov have antibodies. Unfortunately, not everyone is competent in their antibodies value and properties. Obviously, she has a point. She's frustrated that her husband and his teammates got caught in a hotel room without masks on. And yes, they are close contacts. But she's just upset with the double standard, which I get. I mean, there's definitely a lot of other places where you can catch COVID other than a hotel room. Yeah, and obviously her English isn't great, so doesn't make great grammatical sense, but who cares? We get the point. And it's just a big blow for the Capitals because now they lost two of their best forwards, one of their most reliable D-men, their starter, and now have to rely on a young and unproven Vitek Vanacek and an old, way past his prime, Craig Anderson, to get them through the next 10 days. Staying in the East Division, the Boston Bruins did not score a 5-on-5 goal until yesterday, their fourth game. It was... A very good, gutsy performance from the Bruins. They were down 2-0 to start the third period. Early on, Jack Stadnika got his first career goal, and they ended up tying it a few minutes later. Philly ended up making it 3-2, and Boston did score two goals in two minutes. And Philadelphia did tie it with three minutes and 32 seconds remaining. Tuka Rask, though, he held the fort. He kept them in it. Even though Philadelphia got 26 shots on goal, there were a lot of high-danger chances, including an incredible stop on Kevin Hayes in overtime. In the shootout, Jake DeBrusque in the fourth round had an absolutely disgusting winner. Toe drag just beats Carter Hart over the blocker. And it was definitely the best shootout goal I've seen this year. And it was just a very good win from the Bruins yesterday. Like, this team's still pretty good. And David Posternock has started skating in a non-contact jersey. I don't know how many people saw the video of him skating during the morning skate. And the fake crowd noise came on and he started like pumping it up. That was pretty funny. Moving on the New Jersey devils. They've looked pretty solid so far. Mackenzie Blackwood looked absolutely insane Tuesday night. 
stopping 47 of 50 shots versus the New York Rangers. The Devils won that game 4-3. to And let me tell you, the Rangers played well. I'm a Ranger fan. And just, we couldn't finish. And Blackwood just held it for them. However, last night he did test positive for COVID. And now they have to rely on Scott Wedgwood and Eric Comrie, two career AHLers, to get them through the next 10 days. On Monday, they did claim Aaron Dell off waivers from Toronto, but he is still in quarantine and will be for a couple more days. Once Dell comes in, I'm sure that he's going to be the number two after Blackwood. He is a proven NHL backup. He is pretty decent, but... Like, it's got to be tough, especially after everything that happened with Corey Crawford and the goalie movement. It's just been crazy so far. A ton of waiver claims, a ton of injuries, positives. Like, it's a very interesting time to be a goalie in the NHL. Speaking of COVID, the Carolina Hurricanes did have an outbreak on Tuesday. They postponed their game against the Nashville Predators and their games yesterday and tomorrow against the Panthers were postponed. Currently five players have tested positive. Jordan Stahl, Jacob Slavin, Warren Fogle, Tavo Teravainen, and Jordan Martinuk. I can only assume it's the second of, unfortunately, a bunch of COVID outbreaks among teams. I would really hope that teams can get COVID under control. At this point, who knows? Like, all four major league sports have had COVID issues. And it's just the problem of not playing in a bubble. And... I mean, what can I say? Like, it's just a tough situation all around. The Dallas Stars do play their first game tonight. They haven't been able to start the season because of an outbreak. And it should be fun to see what they can do this year, especially after the finals run last year. They play the Preds both tonight and Sunday. And that should be a fun series. Moving up north, Montreal and Vancouver, they played both Wednesday night and last night. The first game, Vancouver won 6-5 in a shootout. A very, very exciting back-and-forth game. Tyler Toffoli had a hat-trick. Bo Horvat had two goals and the shootout winner. He is absolutely dangerous in the slot in the power play. He has had three goals in the past two games from that spot alone. And Brock Besser also had two goals in game one. Not great goaltending, but it was definitely highly offensively powered. Both teams 
do look like surefire playoff teams if they stay healthy. And it would be an amazing, amazing playoff series. Game two was also fun until the middle of the second period when the Habs scored three goals in a minute, 34 seconds. It was a 3-2 game, ended up being a 6-2 game, and the Habs won 7-3. And the Habs, in like second period, they just looked so dominant, completely outskated the Canucks. Bo Horvat had two in game two as well. Toffoli also had two. A ton of players on hot streaks. And man, Montreal, like I said, that they wouldn't be great, but... I'm wrong. Montreal is just looking very good. Both Price and Allen are also playing well right now. I feel like it's really good that the Habs finally got like a reliable number two. I know they had been struggling with that for a few years now. And yeah. I'm excited to watch both of these teams. Moving to the desert, the Vegas Golden Knights. They are so dominant. They are 4-0-0. They swept Anaheim and swept the Coyotes. And it feels like everything is just clicking for them. Stone, Pacioretty, Carlson, Petrangelo. Everyone's playing well. Petrangelo especially looks like he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. I don't think he's happy with the way things ended for him in St. Louis. And he... It should be interesting to see what happens in his first few games against St. Louis. Like, it'll be interesting to see if he has any beef with with any of them and stuff like that. An interesting note, they are playing with 13 forwards and 5 defensemen. I think as defensemen, yes, you're getting more time. But I think that everyone's been playing with everyone because they're only rolling 5D. And the chemistry looks well. And they're also able to give the forwards less ice time so everyone is fresh. No one gets super tired. And just the chemistry of that team, it's also super fun to watch. They are splitting Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury in net. They've both each gotten two games in. They both look very good. And I would not be shocked if the Fleury-Leonard tandem continues for at least another couple of years until Flurry's contract expires. I think that's it on the hockey front. There is one note that I wanted to make, and that is Hank Aaron, a legendary baseball player. He is definitely the greatest power hitter of all time. Hit 755 home runs, spent all but two seasons of his career with the Atlanta Braves, finished off his career with the Milwaukee Brewers. He died this morning at the age of 86. Even though he's not the all-time home run leader, Barry Bonds has seven more home runs with him. 
bonds did use PEDs, and I'm sure the steroids got him at least seven home runs that he needed to get to 762. And Hank Aaron, like steroids, all that type of stuff that wasn't around in his day, like all 755 of his home runs were legit. And it's just so sad. I feel like baseball players and managers and stuff, Tom Seaver, Lou Brock, and more recently, Tommy Lasorda, Don Sutton, and I couldn't go on and on and on. They've all been dropping like flies. We've lost nine Baseball Hall of Famers in the past year. It's just crazy. And it's just sad to see him go. Like, I mean, absolute legend. Anyway, I still am in isolation for the next couple days. I'm feeling great. I'm really itching to get back on the ice, get back to school, see all of my friends. And I've been watching a bunch of TV, a lot of hockey, been exercising in my room with the little equipment that I have, mostly just finding ways to pass the time. And... I'm excited to get out of it. But anyway, I think that's it. I think that the NHL is very, very exciting right now. And it's just going to get even more exciting as the season goes on and all the players get back into game shape because there definitely is some rust that still is getting shaken off. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you whenever I record next.